0: Hello! Welcome back to Different Shades of Queer. I'm happy to announce today's guest is... Sarah. (laughs) Another Sarah in the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We are going to be talking about the importance of queer representation. But first, let's not forget, I start with a shout out to any queer media, queer person that we're enjoying at the moment. So Sarah, do you have
1: anyone you would like to shout out? Lately, I've really been enjoying... Orla Gartland. She's an Irish singer, songwriter, kind of does like acoustic alternative type stuff. Super good and she's openly bisexual. That's great. So yeah go check her out. Uh, check the music out.
0: And for my part I'm gonna go with queer activists and artist who uses their queerness and transness as inspiration for their work. His name is Chelaman and you can find him on social media. So let's start with the importance of queer representation. Do you think growing
1: up you had enough
0: queer representation or if any at
1: all? I had like none growing up. Like I grew up in, I was born in 1990. Mm -hmm. And so growing up in the 90s, I don't have any recollection of anything to do with LGBTQ or queer culture. The first gay person I remember meeting was my grade seven sex ed teacher and everyone called him the... Word no. and was just horrible to him and so that was kind of, that was kind of my first introduction okay. to it was always negative right and then the first time I remember there being any sort of representation was on the OC when Marissa had a girlfriend named Alex so that was like probably like 2003 that was like the first kind of positive or neutral sort of representation in media I remember but other than that it was pretty just void of anything to do with queer culture I didn't really even know it was it was a thing
0: definitely. Yeah, I, I can relate with not only not having clear representation in media but also in your real life. And then when the first person that appeared seemed to receive really negative reception. For me, growing up in Latin America in a very conservative community, queerness, gayness was seen like as a sin. Uh, very much something forbidden and not natural, I guess. Like young me, I like I think one of the first images that I remember in me. Media was like who was it? Mm, Madonna Spears. and Britney Spears. Yeah, I just thought of that.
1: Yeah, I just thought of that. Yeah. yeah, vaguely I remember Madonna and Britney Spears kissing, and it was very, very scandalous. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was a bad thing. That was pre Katy Perry. Saying that she liked kissing girls. Exactly. And it was seen as attention seeking. It was seen as something that straight women did to please men. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't really a true representation mm-hmm. of, um, is Madonna bi? I, I think so. I thought she was, yeah. I think so. And Christina Aguilera's video "Beautiful," there are two men that kiss in it, and I think there's also a man that I believe was a crossdresser.
0: Oh, I do remember also Transformers, like Megan Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. she came out as bi. I feel like early two thousands, and that stuck in my mind for some reason.
1: And of course, like Ellen DeGeneres, that was a big deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's also funny,
1: like in retrospect, like even saying it now.
0: All of the queer people I knew were Western um, rather than where I came from. I feel like now we're better, especially in televisions, but before I think the only kind of queer people I knew were flamboyant gay men who were represented either as like the hairdressers in telenovelas or (laughs) comedians. Like, I think a lot of gay people industry Like, television and stuff like that in Chile are
1: used as entertainment. Kind of like props of entertainment. Yes.
0: Like, how do you say that? Like, bottom of a joke?
1: Like, the butt of a joke? Yes. Yes, the butt of a joke.
0: Yes. So, they will be made fun of. And sometimes even the humor that they will bring was making fun of themselves
1: like self-deprecating humor yes
0: so i don't think i had a like a positive queer person to
1: look up to uh, in my early years especially yeah definitely did not the first person i remember that was like out Mm -hmm. as one of my peers in high school was Jeremy Dutcher. Okay. The like holistic way artist, singer, yeah. Yeah. And so they were out as like a gay man when I was in high school and they did production and so that was the first kind of like where it was positive but there weren't there weren't really any women that were out and if there was if they were it was kind of like oh I wouldn't be friends with that girl.
0: Yeah and that's another thing I think that many people even now where I come from believe that lesbians are a myth. (laughs) and not actually a real um sexuality because they're still heavily sexualized for men's purposes um so i do remember like really young kids in the classroom like having sex jokes but always using like two women kissing or doing anything more as like oh super hot yeah but
1: then like it, it was accepted but not also not acceptable
0: exactly i guess it has a lot of commentary on how
1: society norms are very Paranormative and misogynistic yeah so? yes but that's why I think sometimes when you find like a really good queer show that has like good representation mm-hmm. like for me it was like the L word like a few years ago because I was like oh this show it's just a bunch of lesbians living their lives and and well like bi people trans people like it's just a bunch of people living their lives and going you know through regular things in everyday life whereas like I feel like when there's when there's a queer character in a lot of mainstream shows like it's like they're wrestling with coming out and it's a very stereotypical like that's all they are mm-hmm. whereas like I like it when you see characters that are more round and like well-rounded where you're like okay they are queer but that's just one part of their identity as a human being and they you know they do other things other than coming out or
0: definitely like we're not one dimension
1: yeah not just like a tick box like oh we're an inclusive tv show now because we have a gay person <laughs> exactly and do you think there has been progress made on rep- presentation. Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm reading a book right now called 90s bitch and it's about like misogyny in the 90s and it's interesting to look through it as like an adult through that mm-hmm. lens in terms of like female characters like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and seeing like how not just not just queer folks but how misogynistic the culture was to women. Mm-hmm and probably especially like women of color and so shout out to that book yes. I don't know if the, if the author is queer but it's super good okay. and it's just a really interesting look at misogyny in the 90s so I think things like reading that book lately and seeing where things are now I think there are definite improvements but I think again I think some of them are surface level right it's like mm-hmm. those secondary characters it's like a checkbox but it's, I don't always feel like the just the day to day lives of queer folks are central in media
0: mm-hmm. and even even you could then talk about how the queer media that is produced um, becomes niche or like yeah not consumable for everyone and then doesn't get as much attention as just like I guess heterosexual media do you have any thoughts on that
1: you know we're so used to as a minority group you're so used to like consuming like just like whatever in heteroculture, mm-hmm. and so you're desensitized and it's not like it's what's normal for you Yeah. and then yeah queer becomes niche like Amazon okay. Prime has TV. TV, which is, like, a channel mm-hmm. you can buy within. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> a lot, yeah, a lot of it seemed to be centered around, like, white gay men, which mm-hmm. is also, which is fine. I don't know. I was hoping that there'd be more, and there was a good documentary on homosexuality and animals. <laughs> 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 kind of interesting. Right. But I was just like, can there be, like, just some more normal series on uh-huh. here? Or Yeah, so it does, I think it definitely becomes niche, but it's also kind of hard, like, for it not to be niche in a way, because, again, if it's, you know, just a certain small population, within the larger society of course but I guess the goal is kind of just a visibility is to have it be relatable because exactly you know I think as soon as someone has it's not going to be as relatable for people Mm. a friend or a parent or a family member that's queer then they can it doesn't seem so other maybe yeah and and like that
0: goes to any creative area I think and it's also because now there's more opportunities for queer people to be the producers and the writers and the authors of all of the queer content. Like, you don't have to choose either one of the other.
1: And it's safer safer and more acceptable to be out now. Like, I think that's probably a huge progress. Because, of course, if queer characters are, are being written by non-queer people, it's not they're just going to seem like a caricature, right? It's like when women were written by male characters. You look in the 50s at, like, TV shows and it was just, you know, like, the bright-eyed, mm-hmm. bushy-tailed woman. But women are so much more than that.
0: Yeah. Like, I read a lot of romance <laughs> a lot of romance And, like, majority, I'm gonna say, like, 80% of it is, like, male-female romance. That doesn't necessarily mean the person in the relationship is not queer. Like, they could be bi. The majority of them are, like, just heterosexual relationships. And in, the like, the past 10 years, I'm gonna say, there has been more of, like, an uproar of, like, more queer literature in the romance genre. But then again, a lot of it is written by straight
1: women. Kind oh. of... fetishizing
0: gay men and that's a very
1: interesting conversation. Wait wait straight women writing about gay men? Yes.
0: That's
1: very interesting.
0: Very interesting and like I mean this is my opinion okay (laughs) (laughs) no study or anything but when I go to look back to see if those same authors have like maybe like lesbian romance or something like that they don't. Can a straight woman like write gay fiction and all of that? I think it happens it does. I think the problem... The problem comes when the same opportunities are not giving to the actual queer people, if yeah, that makes sense. I
1: know, and I think that's a that's a really interesting thing to explore because of course, as a writer or an artist, you can write and tell stories and imagine characters that have no sort of relation or identity that's comparable to your own as a human. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of being creative. But it's also like I want there to be like representation again, exactly. right? You, you don't want it to just be straight women writing about the experience of gay men. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and because I think that a lot of the authenticity is lost right when it's again it's an imagined version of something versus like actual human beings yeah
0: um another thing that happens a lot is I feel like queerness was censored um like you wouldn't see any queer characters in young adult films or even like younger than that because it was like oh we cannot expose our children
1: to that type of thing it's still kind of like that with Disney yes like I my daughter's love like we have D- Disney+, Plus. they love all the princess movies, but you got Elsa, who doesn't have a prince, but that's, like, about as as um, progressive as Disney has gotten at this uh-huh. point.
0: So that's, like, where progress, there still needs to be progress, yeah. I think.
1: Because um. it's still kind of like, well, do we want to, you know, people will say, do we want to sexualize children? Mm-hmm. This case, this bothers me, because the same people that say, well, why do you need to talk about two men being in a relationship, or two women, or, you know, transgender people to children, because that's sexualizing them but the exact same people will go around and be like oh little Jimmy is that your girlfriend there and it's like as soon as it's heteronormative it's not sexualizing them but as soon as you have any element of queer representation in children's books or with children then people not everyone but there's still that element of oh I don't know
0: Yeah, and and that definitely talks to what we were saying of queer people are not only their queerness uh, or their sexuality Um, I, I do come from a background where family like have you ever watched um Jane the Virgin no okay no. it's a tv show um it's kind of like following a Mexican-American family name. okay kind of like a telenovela style but very like western and in that tv show there's a I don't know if she's bi or gay but definitely a lot of relationships with women in the television and I remember really clearly watching it with my family they were so upset they were like no, nowadays like you cannot have anything without gay characters and blah blah blah. And it was like, oh my God, this is the bare minimum.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I don't understand why it's so offensive for them for queer people to some have something relatable.
1: Well, it's because if you look at the Bible, which for a lot of Western folks is informing mm-hmm. a lot of those more very traditional religious views, bestiality, pedophilia, and homosexuality and, premarital sex or sex Mm -hmm. outside of marriage are all on the same level Mm -hmm. so if you're like if you're like I try and think of the perspective of those really right wing Christian people sometimes like of course they're horrified but I just it's so archaic to actually equate homosexuality with anything that you know what I mean it's just people loving who they want it's not they're not hurting anyone it's not yeah so it's like okay that's your starting point Mm -hmm. my starting point's a bit different and it's tough because you you might not end up at the same point but I find that trying to understand where people are coming from does give me more compassion for them or more tolerance of them but it also i just also can't wrap my head around people being yeah. at that point
0: point. Yeah. and i think that's like another tool of having queer representation is that it humanizes this idea that queer people are almost not human so
1: yeah like the other
0: it's not just like exactly i grew up very homophobic and i think it's part of the way i was raised in um and it was not until I moved countries in high school and then was exposed to queer rights and more of like a human human rights um content I guess that I was able to break free from my homophobia and just kind of have a breakthrough of okay this is what I was raised with it was not right and now how I I, I move from that how I changed that and then realizing that I was queer it's a lot of work <laughs> To go through yeah um but but what i'm trying to come with this is that queer representation doesn't only happen in media and it happens in real life yeah so you were saying like um the queer representation that you had was like
1: the sex ed teacher
0: i guess the question is what can we say of queer representation in our day-to-day lives
1: i think i mean i think it's huge like i still i don't know i still get happy when i see like you know queer people just living their lives out in mm-hmm. public and seeing that because it used to be such a big deal and Mm -hmm. you see you definitely see more of it now and for myself I like with it I kind of like struggle with how much you know how much to be out or not out Mm -hmm. because like I work in mental health and likely then I have quite a few clients that are queer and I don't I mean I don't really come out to people but I also don't hide it but then I struggle because I'm like well it's you know it's good for kids to see to see adults that are just living their lives that are queer because like I know that even having coworkers. Or people I look up to that also happen to be queer. It it kind of normalizes it, and then you can you can talk to people about their experiences, and because there's kind of that universal experience of you know that internalized sort of homophobia or transphobia, mm-hmm. that that fear of re- rejection, the rejection, because there will, there's lots of great people that support you, but there's still gonna be mm-hmm. there still will be people that reject you, and so it's like that universal experience, and I think that having having like real live human models of that your day-to-day life is super important Definitely. but it's yeah it's hard to balance it because not everyone like i'm not i'm not a person that's like shouting out about <laughs> other parts of myself to everyone yeah. anyway so it's harder if you're more private like do you i don't know do you owe it to everyone to be more Definitely. visible can you just live your life now that we've mm-hmm. like gotten equal rights it's a it's an interesting mm-hmm. conversation i know that even though we have i mean mostly equal rights mm-hmm. that i know that there's still a ways to go yeah especially for trans folks mm-hmm. Yes. But, but you wonder, like, yeah, how much? How much do you not do? How much do you?
0: And I think that almost becomes personal. I agree. I'm, yeah. Um. I don't know if you had ever seen the comedian Hannah Gatsby. Yes. Oh,
1: so. <laughs> so good. <laughs>
0: I love it so much. I have seen their special like four times, and just like it's just amazing. But they were saying about how they hate like gay parades or something.
1: Yeah, pride parades. supposed <laughs> yes. to like sit at home <laughs> yeah. with
0: their cats because it's not like that's that's not who they are. Like they're it's more more introverted and it's just not in their personality to shout like yeah i'm gay i'm queer and like it comes for it's it's a personal thing but i am gonna say it it feels great as a young person to see like success successful queer people um or even like when i think about mental health and i think about going to therapy or something like that i think for a lot of queer people it's important important to find a queer therapist um, that can relate more to their issues or that just some things you don't have to explain blame again so i think like in that sense sometimes that representation matters of perhaps labeling like oh i'm a queer therapist or something like
1: that. yeah and i think there are i think there are like more subtle ways that if you're like in the know mm-hmm. that people will like usually i think if you if you use more gender neutral language yeah like you know partner or parent or children as opposed to you know as opposed to like assuming someone's uh sexual orientation if you use like non-gender language language. Yes. I think that, that even little things like that are huge for people. Definitely. I mean, especially yeah, asking people what their pronouns are. And. Yeah, I feel like sometimes even in like
0: group settings, people like friend and they're just like, oh yeah, and your husband, like if there's only woman or something. And uh, like the ultimate goal is get a boyfriend or something like that. And then if someone is sharing and then you have like a partner who's not a guy, and then you're like, oh yeah, it's it's just a partner. So it, it 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 kind of forces you to come out somehow.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So and, it, and it, yeah, it's, I just, I just got outed to a whole team of people at work, which is totally fine. But mm-hmm. the person was just like, oh, like, do you have your kids this weekend? And I was like, no. She's like, oh, are you and your, are you and your girlfriend doing anything? And I was like, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I obviously like don't care, but it's, you just like, I don't know. For me, I just freeze up for a second because mm-hmm. I think, oh, like what will, what will people think? Or yes. it's also like, yeah, I don't want, I don't know. I just don't like be, being the center of attention.
0: And, and that's completely valid, right? Like doing this po- podcast um i didn't realize until like it was public and especially like the first episode that it was something out there <laughs>
1: yeah. that people
0: could find and and my name is attached to it and some things like that and i had a little bit of a kind of mental breakdown the other day because i was like oh like my family can't find this definitely and i'm not completely out to all of them so how shout would- out to
1: sarah's grandma
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> so how would that be with res- yeah. I don't know. But I also then, I was like, okay, just take it as a an act of bravery, I guess. And and how cool is to have, like, podcasts for queer people out there, you know, um, that can become relatable to perhaps just very straight content. Oh, 100%. Definitely big on podcasts. So what do you think is the impact of queer representation in all generations? Or
1: Oh, queer huge. Like, mm-hmm. it's the difference between, like, can I be out versus can I not be I'm, I just had one that came to mind like Glennon Doyle wrote the book on Tamed. oh yeah yeah so I haven't she, read it yet I <laughs> want to so bad. I read it six times in the last year because like she was married to a man with three uh-huh. kids and then fell in love with a woman and then she's like oh my gosh I think i like I've always been queer or like I don't know that she even labels herself but she's like no women this is like this is the path for me kind of thing uh-huh. and like I had I was married for five years to a man with a man for seven and a half years and I had been struggling a lot like within my marriage and he knew within the last like well for most of it actually for uh-huh. like six of years of our relationship really struggling with like oh, I don't know if I can keep being in a heterosexual relationship I think maybe I'm gay and then to, to see her do it and have that representation and be like okay like and then it was so helpful because then so many people have read that book so people be like oh like Glennon when, right. when they heard about my experience because like I just like it's you know there's all those fears of like are people getting think that I was like doing this on purpose or like Mm. using using this man or like it's a very I don't know living sometimes living your life as a queer person is very vulnerable and scary Mm -hmm. well I guess living your life as a human is vulnerable and scary in general but for me in particular the representation of Glennon Doyle in the book on tamed in the last year, that was, that was like, what gave me the final, like, courage to, mm-hmm. like, leave my marriage, like, eight months ago, and, which is not, yeah, not an easy thing to do. No. So, for me, I would say the impact of that was, like, whether or not I, you know, was in a really bad place mental health-wise and not being, not fair to anyone not very mm-hmm. anyone in, in that past relationship so I think that was huge for me I don't know if you can think of anything well, like
0: I was first gonna say thank you so much for opening about your own story on the podcast uh, because I think although I cannot relate mm-hmm. um, but many people out there can relate as you related to the author of the book right so I'm I'm gonna say like the impact can be life saving because I think a lot of people cannot picture themselves in like in the future I know a lot of my trans friends, we had had conversations in which they, we were talking all like the future. And then they were like, oh, I sometimes cannot picture a, ver- a trans version of in 10 years because I don't have anyone as reference who has gone like same paths as me. Like that really made, kind of broke my heart and made me realize how important it is to see yourself represented even in your day
1: to day life. Super important. Like I was, I was This summer, I was connected with, like, um, one of my coworkers' wife, wives, and my, they're, like, they're, they've been married a long time. They're two Mm -hmm. women. But um, the woman I was connected with and went for a drink with, she had, had left her marriage. And when she had two young children, like, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, over a decade ago. So very, like, in the mid-2000s, like, a very different time as well. Mm -hmm. But, like, just, like, seeing, okay. Seeing that, like, she's, like, things get better. Seeing that she's, like, met someone that she really loves. She doesn't regret her decision. And her children yeah. are okay. Like all those kind of things, I was wondering about. Mm-hmm. So d- definitely having that model is huge. And so if if like trans folks that or people that you're friends with, they don't feel like they have a future because they don't have any sort of representation or any sort of you know like okay, it's gonna be okay because yeah. I see that this person's okay now. Yeah. So that's super hard. That is really 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 sad.
0: Really. I I think like personally. For me, it's going to be literature, even memoirs, like uh, Untamed, is it?
1: Untamed, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when I'm really battling with internalized homophobia or kind of all of like those negative things that really bring you down and really make you question everything yeah. about yourself. Picking up a book that just celebrates queerness or normalizes it even, it makes a drastic impact on mental health, on life, on reassuring yourself that it's okay to be you I think it's really important super important
1: yeah so I think we could go a lot of ways with it but I think that people you know seeking out their own representation if so if you're at home listener and you feel like you're stuck and you feel like there's no one that's listening like one of the advantages that as a child of the 90s and early 2000s like there wasn't really the vast um, social media networks that there are now so you know using those as opportunities to connect with people that maybe don't live in the same area as you um like i know reddit has tons and tons of communities for people to connect super queer friendly uh i'm sure there's more out there probably discord probably tumblr yeah tiktok (laughs) yes whatever whatever you kids are on these
0: days (laughs) and even just organizations like imprint youth yeah Yes, go follow us. <laughs> and being involved in a community, go to queer spaces. It, ha- it makes a vast difference on the quality of life. So to everyone out there, we would love to hear your thoughts and representation. If you think there's still more progress to do, what progress that has been made you celebrate, if you had any icons growing up, any people that you looked up to. It could be even in your own family, any relatives,
1: that you have Um, so let us know shout out to tony fournier my grade seven sex ed teacher yes 2002 (laughs) first gay person
0: (laughs) please share and comment don't forget to tune in for next episode thank you so much sarah for being in this episode and talking about queer representation thanks for having me sarah (laughs) thank you bye see you next week bye